Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate you guys being here. I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pants. That's the good version. Oh, that, that was the that was the really good the, trilogy. The best night. The best <laughs> of all the nights, and you could make fun of that, and it was still better than you know. Yeah. It. What's up, folks? It's time for some real talk. This is Alex Labot here on Alex Explains It All, and of course, joined by uh, my Robin producer Seth. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I was I was trying to come up with a <laughs> holy white door, Alex, but because that's all I can see is my white door <laughs> in my apartment. But that'd have been really weak. So. Holy observation, Alex. Uh, we are talking Batman versus Superman, or uh, as the movie I like to call it, uh, Batman versus Superman versus the audience. Because <laughs> um, they were all fighting. We yeah, were, we were all, all fighting. Uh, comedy of the year, man. A laugh out loud riot. I was laughing, but but not be because it was funny. No, <laughs> not that, no. But not I guess I was laughing. So I mean, I'll, you know, a yeah. laugh is a laugh. A laugh is a laugh. Um, directed by Tyler Perry. This movie is coming out on Tuesday uh, on Blu-ray, uh, DVD, Laserdisc, Laserdisc, Betamax, uh-huh. um, VHS. Yes, carrier pigeons will carry it to your windowsill. Uh, I believe you will get the actual uh, uh, film reel. Yeah, I believe. If you call film. him, Zack Snyder will just like tell you a play-by-play of the movie. He will talk. Yes, he will um, speak it to you, <laughs> which may honestly be a better version of it. <laughs> you can imagine a better movie than honestly what was on. because you know the way he talks about it is much better than what he actually ended up producing. <sighs> so I bet you. Him telling you the movie is ten times better because yeah. you see it through his eyes. Batman versus Superman, the ultimate edition, is releasing soon, and we are going to break down why uh, the ultimate edition still won't be good enough for this to be a salvageable, decent movie. Even with all that extra footage yeah, of Lois... 20, running around 20 extra minutes of Clark and Bruce just sitting at a table going does your mom does your mom like to watch your ra- uh, antiques roadshow too <laughs> so, oh man that's awesome so so many so many bad things so many so, so many time. bad things about this movie uh but you know what let's the, let's let's give credit where credit's due I think we're both on the same page. Yeah. Kudos to Batfleck and, and Jeremy Irons for uh, for Alfred. That was the, the 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 biggest worry for everybody. Oh my gosh, Ben Affleck! Dare I speak it? You know, we were all scared it was going to be another Daredevil, but he is the only thing that salvaged the movie. There is if you want if you want to watch this movie, just Google the fight scene with Batman. Yes, that is mm. the best interpretation of Batman fighting on screen that I think I've seen from any and we're and this is including uh the holy trilogy that yeah. is Christopher Nolan's that that scene th- I want 25 extra minutes of that yeah absolutely that I'll buy that ultimate edition yep I mean the the fighting the movement it was visceral. He wasn't holding back. I mean, he the, he picks up one guy and yeah, just slams him into the he ground. He was he was he was. I mean, he was fighting with his, just like he was street fighting. It was just what he does to those thugs in that movie is what that movie did to the audience. 
Yes. Yes. Just completely obliterates them. And leaving you feeling very sore when you walk out Mm -hmm. and just wanting to go home and die. Yeah. So the reason that that Seth and I are, are very, very critical of this movie is because when they... When they announced the movie at Comic-Con, we were thrilled. We were stoked. That was, I mean, it was teased in I Am Legend way back in the day when they had that movie poster. And we're going, oh my God, oh man, that's that's kind mm-hmm. of a cool teaser. And then when, when it broke at Comic-Con, everyone freaked out. And then they updated the name. So it went from Batman versus Superman or Batman v. Superman to Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. And that's when things went bad. Right. That's when you knew they were going to try to do too much. And you know what happens when you try to do too much? You get Batman versus Superman. You get Batman. I'm trying to know. There's there's a better example. It was right on the tip of my tongue. But it's pretty much every other DC movie Yeah. Um, that, that happens. But when you try to do too much, it's it's not good. So, and I called it, the minute that they changed the name, and and I know you can attest to this, I said, the biggest problem that they're going to have is they're going to try to play catch up with Marvel, and they are going to completely ruin this movie. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, that is exactly what happened. Yep, with with what Marvel, Marvel, as you know, they had phase one, which was at least five or six movies that built up to the Avengers. They said, ah, we can do that one movie. <laughs> there you go. The only thing that this movie didn't have was Stan Lee. I mean, Stan Lee should have just walked in and went, what's going on? And then just got like crushed by a boulder or something. Um, <laughs> so who is DC's equivalent of Stan Lee? Uh, uh, Kirby? Like Kirby Superstar. Jack, like, no, the, Kirk, no, Kirby. Yeah. Of Kirby's Dreamland. Okay. No, um, it'd probably be what Alan Moore. Oh God, a DC no, DC no, fans no. are because he's me he's out. written. No, it's got to be uh, Jeff Johns or maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jeff Johns actually took over the the series, the Bat the Batman, their yeah. whole cinematic universe. Yeah. But so the issue at hand is is that so Marvel got it right because they focused on individual characters first. They built them up, made you care about them, and then they brought them together. DC said, we don't have enough time if we want to stay afloat. So we have got to establish our version of the Avengers, which of course is the Justice League. To me, if you're going to do that, start with the Justice League movie and then go into individual franchises. Don't do what you did. Because it was a movie with a subplot with another subplot with another subplot and a Martha and another subplot and a Doomsday and Superman getting nuked and then the end. And then Jesse Eisenberg. Ooh. And you notice how I didn't call it, 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 I didn't yeah. call the character's name. Yeah. Because he was playing Jesse Eisenberg, wasn't he? Yeah. It, it was just Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and then I mean, pretty much what he plays in every movie. Right. So you've got Batman versus Superman. You, you've got the King of Opponents. This starts with Man of Steel. You, you establish Superman, and you know what? Some people tore up Man of Steel. Eh. It was a very eh movie. It, it was. It, it really was. And, <sighs> and so you go from that, and then you go into Batman versus Superman with the events of Man of Steel carrying over. 
And the world is kind of battling with having Superman to deal with. It, it do do we rein him in, or do we just let him do as he pleases? Is he a god, is or he a is god? he a devil? Yeah, basically, you know, because he, he could go either way depending on your outlook. And so we come to find out that um, Bruce Wayne was there during the events of Man of Steel. And sees the end of Man of Steel. The end of Man of Steel, and uh, when some of the destruction of the city is happening, and uh, he's there as the fall of Wayne Enterprises happens. And, and spoilers, by the way, for for those of you who yeah. haven't seen it. I mean, I'm not spoiling anything. I'm spo- <laughs> This is like me going to see the movie. Yeah, is is the spoil. Yeah, this is like me heating warning you and telling you what happens. Yeah. Is is actually the non-spoiler? Yeah, that, this we're is, helping you out. This is essentially me putting old milk in the microwave. I mean, the it, the milk has already gone bad. No, this is like no, you know, this is us throwing away the spoiled milk. Yeah, very good point. So you don't ever have to deal with it. So that happens, and the, so that we understand why Bruce Wayne feels the way that he feels. If there's one percent chance that we think he's going to go, we have to be absolutely certain. You know, it was honestly one of the one of the better scenes in the movie. Yeah, you know, just because you connect with the character, and it, it really goes to show you Bruce Wayne as a character because everyone else is running away from that building collapsing, and there is an older Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. booking it towards. Uh, the scene of, of that building collapse. And like but, you said, he, he witnessed the, the downfall of Bruce, of uh, Wayne Enterprises. Well, at least one of the buildings yes. that he had in, in Metropolis. And uh, in the scene, you know, he, he calls probably, you know, one of his top execs seeing what the deal is and, you know, is on the phone with him when the building comes down. Yeah. And just that whole dynamic of he cared about his employees and he went and, and he had to witness that entire building full of employees just crumble. So it was very much real to him as it was anybody else that was living in Metropolis and who died in that fight scene. And that is a, that is something that gets to me about this movie is the how Superman carries himself because I feel like in these movies He's very careless. He is very... Superman is the iconic symbol of ethics, morality. I have to try... I have to try to do the right thing at all times. In this movie, he's just... He's just a buff dude. He's a buff dude that's buff and can just be buff. I mean, that's essentially what it is. It's, I've got this power. I'm going to try to do my best. But if I screw up, meh, deal with it. Because I'll tell you, in Man of Steel, maybe a, I connected with him a little bit. Definitely in Batman vs. Superman, he had no emotion. Like, I felt like he just... He had he, no redeeming qualities. Exactly. Like, you know, with every... You, people either loved him or hated him. And I just felt like the whole time he just was looking upon the human race as detestable just so beneath him and just like why am i having to deal with this i'm trying and and granted his his intentions were as being you know us being the fourth wall we know that his intentions are good we know he's not evil 
But we didn't get that. I did not get that from his, his performance. He was just like. He's just brooding. He's just, exactly. He's just like, whatever. Yeah. And I could understand that, you know, maybe you get that mentality having to deal with that. But you need to try to at least. See, Superman is supposed to be the balance. He is the light. Batman lives in the dark. Superman is the light. The sun is his power source. He is supposed to be this counterbalance to this dark, brooding, calculated character that is Bruce Wayne and Batman. Mm -hmm. That's where Marvel gets it right. Because they have these seriously heavy moments, but they balance it with humor and, and lightness and character development. And there's a good balance through these movies. You know, there's struggles, there's heartache. But at the end of it, it's well-balanced. This movie just felt like you were getting dragged behind a truck for two hours and just, hold on, we're hitting another speed bump. Here's here's a flashback future reference from a flash that you don't recognize. And Jesse Eisenberg is just yelling out long sentences to you that don't make any sense. <laughs> it's like a freak. It's like a dog got into... Like a bag of cocaine. He's he, he speaks like with these big diatribes like Dennis Miller used to do, but just not nearly as intelligent. It, yeah, like the micro machines guy. Like if the micro machines guy was trying to <laughs> trying to rule the world. And just explain to you what he Jesse Eisenberg. It, it, what a and look, I told you who I thought What a terrible casting choice. Right? Every everybody else fine. Especially Gal Gadot, or what, I would believe how her, her yeah. name the woman played Wonder, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Wow. We, we can touch on that later, yeah. but j- just a. Te- I mean, never Lex Luthor, Jesse. I, I would never. That that was such a terrible casting choice. I don't. I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I, not even close. I understand what they were going with it. They wanted a social network type character for this, mm-hmm. but. It just, it did not work. For me, it did not work. But that's, I, did, I didn't watch, I'll be honest, I did not watch The Social Network. But I know a little bit about Mark Zuckerberg. He is he is no Lex Luthor. So if Jesse, if Eisenberg was trying to play Mark Zuckerberg, then it still wasn't right. I mean, you go back and you look at Gene Hackman's, even Kevin Spacey in that yeah. terrible, just, dude, he was calm. He was cool. He was collected. He was controlling. He was he was nothing what Eisenberg portrayed on film. And and it had nothing to do with the young. I, I like the idea. I was like, okay, they're going with a younger Luther. That's fine. But it was it was just everything else. It was yeah. just not Lex Luthor. No, not at all. And his machinations and his the driving force for what he wanted to do. Just weird. This whole movie was weird. And he just goes like full, like, you know, he always was willing to overstep his bounds into taking on Superman. But in this one, we, I mean, again, spoilers. I mean, he's messing. Is, is it dark side? From from the yeah yeah he, which they never explained w- yeah they never I mean it's it's in one of the extended movies it's probably in the ultimate uh, X ray edition but uh 
Yeah, I mean, he's met, he is like summoning dark side. Like, Lex Luthor would have never brought it to that level. Because Lex he Luthor... He is dabbling in stuff that he does not understand. Le, le, the Lex Luthor that everyone knows is a person that prides himself on being the smartest and being the best. He doesn't need to call in help. If he's going to take out Superman, he's going to do it himself. Look, they could have cast Billy Zane as Lex Luthor and had him stare out a window the whole time and I'd have been like, best Lex Luthor I've ever seen on screen. Heck yeah. I mean, he looks like it and just everything that's happening, he's watching it from the sidelines and then he's going to step in. If you don't know who Billy Zane is, think uh, bad guy from Titanic. Yes. So just, just to remind you, because I don't, what has he done? He hasn't been in anything. <laughs> is he still in, 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 I mean, not, he's a great actor. Oh, absolutely. What, but what is he, is he not acting anymore? I mean, they're, they're, they just cast people that are in, still within the present day conversation. I, I mean, she, look, Billy Zane and Zoolander, look, Google that. That's, that's Lex Luthor. Yeah. That was, and that was one of the best scenes because, <laughs> thanks, Billy. <laughs> like it's like Billy Zane. He's just he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's just he's just Billy Zane. And I mean, why not have him as a Lex Luthor? But that's that's the sides of the point. So, uh, Dark Side is the character that Jesse Eisenberg is speaking to at the end of the movie. But another character that gets brought into the movie for whatever reason is Doomsday. Scratch that Apocalypse. And, and look, no, I'm going to call him Apocalypse because you know why? Because it really wasn't Doomsday. It was yeah. I, well, I don't know what General that was. Zod. Why dipped into a vat of Jello w- with some w- with a crashed Kryptonian ship that is just like, hey ship, could you do this thing for me? Hey Siri, yes. <laughs> just I, build me, build me a killing machine. Just why, why, in, why put that in that storyline? Okay. And, you know, I want to rewind a little bit because you said when this movie was announced, people, the first thing people thought, Batman versus Superman, they thought the Dark Knight Returns. Absolutely. Frank Miller. Frank. Some of the, the probably. Uh, next, one of the best. Next to uh, The Killing Joke yep. by Alan Moore, the best Batman written. Yep. So you're like, this is a Batman I mean, when they Superman. announced it, this they read great. a line from that graphic novel. Yeah. And so I want you to remember was, my hand at your throat. Yes. I want you to remember the one no. man that beat you. Yes. That, I, that wasn't even in, in the, the movie. So fast forward, you know, Dawn of Justice, blah, blah, blah. And you get to it. Okay. So we're hoping for the at least that they're, they're telling that storyline. Then, like I said, they, I understand because Marvel has done it, but they do it right. They take liberties with the canon. And that's fine, but you said Doomsday was never Zod. It wasn't even close to being Zod in the in the comic book. But to throw him in, like I said, doing too much, you're already doing. You're already doing the Dark Knight Returns. Why are you doing Death of Superman too? Why are you doing that? DC just said, hey, we're going to make your greatest hits. Did you like it when Superman died? You got it. Did you like it when Batman beat the hell out of Superman? You got it. Do you also like Wonder Woman? You got it. Do you like Cyborg, The Flash, Lex Luthor? Well, stay tuned for more because it's all coming up next in Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Crap. 
man, you really need to move into radio. That uh, was good. Thank you. Thank you. That was good. I haven't worked in radio for years. <laughs> I don't think I was ever that good. You're listening to Movie Phone. If you'd like to watch a horrible movie, press one. Um, it, it really, what bothered me is it seems like there was the foundation of a good movie. And they had a print and they said, cool, we've got it. Batman versus Superman. And there was just a, a guy. The, the guy that made the calls in this movie was more of a Lex Luthor than Lex Luthor in the movie. He had his feet kicked up with a cigar and he went, Where's the Justice League? Part, the name of the movie is Batman vs. Superman, sir. Sir, it, it's, it's Batman vs. Superman. Marvel's got the Avengers. What do we got? Well, I mean, we have the. I mean, that's a long term regrowth. But. Give me the Justice League. Get out of here and don't come back until you give me the Justice League. Well, I don't understand, sir. How do you want us to kind of insert them into the overall plot to where it it has context? Do I look like a writer? Do I look like a writer? I'm the man that goes out and gets the money. I am working my ass off trying to... Don't come back in this office until you get me a Justice League. Okay? Do you understand me? The whole Justice League? The whole Justice League. And, like, and you know what? The, the Flash on the, on you know the, on the show. Yes, we, no, we're, we're recast him. Recast him. Recast him. The, the show, all new Justice League. The show's actually quite popular, sir. I mean, he's well established. Don't tell me what's popular. You know who's popular? Jesse Eisenberg. Go outside and get me Jesse Eisenberg. The the guy, the guy from the Facebook movie. Yes. To to play what character? God, I can't believe you're making me make these calls. Mm. I just can't think he, of. All right, well, he can't be Superman, can he be? I no, because we have Henry Cavill already. He was in the Man of Steel. Oh, that's right. He's we don't want to do unless you wanted to yeah, recast Ooh. him. What if we recast Lois we can Lane have him as, as a man? Jimmy. We can have him as Jimmy. You know, working for the the newspaper. Are you familiar with that character, sir? Newspapers are dead. Just like Superman. I want you to kill Superman, and I want Jesse Eisenberg to do it. Well, I mean, if you're talking about the original death of Superman, so you want Jesse Eisenberg to play Doomsday? Look, hold on, look, hold on. Death of Superman, do it. What we got here? Batman versus Superman, do it. Dark Knight Returns, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Take this box and do this, do this movie. And Justice League. And Justice League. Together. Don't come back until it's done. Can we do a two-part movie? I mean, can we do like part one and part two, maybe? You're going to be split into two parts if you don't get the hell out of my office. I think that's essentially how the board meeting went down. That is, uh, we are, look, if that's not a transcript of that meeting, I don't know what is. I believe, um... That is going to be another. Uh, we're going to start doing vaudeville yeah. as one of our uh, <laughs> television episodes. for the mind. Um, th- why? Why recast the Flash? Why? That is the whole point of this conversation. Marvel is building a cinematic universe. There's rules. There's regulations. It's just like Chuck Jones with the Roadrunner. The Coyote never catches the Roadrunner. He can only, Coyote can order only order from Acme. There are rules to the universe. Why are you going to create a franchise with Arrow and the Flash and then go, oh, 
we're going to recast them in the movies. Why? They've already garnered a fan base. Why are you going to recast them? Why wouldn't you put out a casting call for, let people vote on it. Who do you want to see be the next whatever? I mean, there are so many poor choices in this movie. Lois Lane's only role in this movie is to be a FedEx delivery driver. Oh, she is just so useless. She's so, I don't want to say useless, but it's annoying. Every scene she's in, because I just want to go, what are you doing? How are how are you moving along the story at this point? Because you're doing nothing. Like She's, you're doing nothing. Remember in the Avengers when Mark Ruffalo shows up on that motorcycle? Yeah, that's her the entire movie. <laughs> that it really is. Dude, she, sh- Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman are fighting Doomsday, and she just shows up. Hey, yeah. Hey, well, y'all you, you need anything? I'll go get that spear. Yeah. Where's the spear? You guys good? That Clark. spear. Oh, my Clark. God. I'm, I'm, I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes getting the spear. <laughs> Underwater. You know, the spear that will solve everything. Underwater. And then to top it all off, to top it all off, the way that the Justice League is revealed in this movie is revealed. via email. Hey. Some sweet webcams, man. You've got mail. Oh, I'm going to check this out. Oh. Uh, it's like, what is that? I can't even make wh- that out because why is, the video Why is the sender is... name woman, woman, comma, wonder? Is this frame rate four? So Bruce gets an email from Wonder Woman basically with, I guess, whatever the contents of that uh, flash drive or hard drive. Or yeah, it was basically the, the whole reason that Wonder Woman's character was there because Lex Luthor she, had gathered information on her. And these other and, metahumans. Exactly. And when she realized that there were some other files in there, oh, so cleverly marked with symbols that everybody would recognize... She started looking at them, and all of a sudden, there are these. It's the rest of the Justice League, which. What a reveal! Mm. Really got you excited. That mu- that music starts playing, and then it's just QuickTime files of videos of. Hey, remember how much you loved the Avengers? Imagine the imagine the Avengers movie, if. Captain America, not even Iron Man, if Captain America is just sitting with his hand on his chin, just clicking on QuickTime files of just security footage of all the other Avengers. Like, that's what was great about the movie-building experience of Marvel was you just got taken on a one-to-two-hour journey, and right at the end after the credits, it was five seconds of, guess what? Guardians are coming. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God! Guardians of the Galaxy! Are you kidding me? Howard the Duck! Man, when Nick Fury walked out at the end of Iron Man 1, you're like, what? When he said Avengers Initiative. The nerds and the comic book enthusiasts that knew what that meant. All, it was it was just this thing of like, they all grabbed each other's arms and looked at each other in unison going, I, I can't believe that. Why would you not do that for this movie? Why would you not force yourself to reveal a little bit of a tidbit right at the end where you just have the silhouettes of these characters maybe walking up or another reveal in that sense instead of Aquaman 
swimming up to a camera and poking at it with a trident. I mean that that's what the reveal of Aquaman was. Yeah. And 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 Aquaman at least for me was one of the main characters that I wanted to see. Yeah. You know, they had had some pictures online and everything was like I want to see and then it was that. It was that scene. I'm like Are you kidding me? And you mentioned you mentioned um the 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 difference between the way Marvel does and the way DC does it, and how they recast the Flash and all this other stuff, and I want to mention this to you even off the podcast. But I started watching Marvel uh, Agents of Shield. I'd always kind of avoided it, yeah. But I was like, it's on Netflix. I'm started watching it, and I'm coming close to the end of the first season, and they have tied it in to the movie so well, and and, I, and it, like right when you said that, it's like why not? They did it right. They didn't have to recast people, but they had specific episodes that were coinciding with what was happening in in Winter Soldier, and you know even uh, the the second Thor movie. I was like, "That's how you do it." Yep. And I'm getting sucked in too. Like yeah. I, 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 good, I, good. I was good ju- I was just mentioning today that I wanted to watch Daredevil on Netflix, and that's what Marvel was doing right. They're taking these fringe characters and they're saying, what will work? We'll, we'll, okay, this Jessica Jones may not be able to carry her own movie. But if we build these characters and, and get enough of a following on maybe a Netflix series, then the people are going, right before a movie comes out and you see the cast roster and you go, who are these characters? Guess what? You now have a two to three season Wikipedia movie that you can watch and go, oh, so these are these people are. DC had it. DC was actually beating Marvel at their TV game, and then Jay just faltered at the finish line. Mm-hmm. Why would you not say, okay, Martian Manhunter is, a, that is a Netflix or a Hulu series right there. People will watch it. You've got the Legends of Tomorrow that have just happened. They um, canceled on, Constantine, which, which was, was, people loved it. Loved it. Canceled it. Um... They, they cannot figure, and the problem is, is it's, they want to put, they want to put all their eggs in one basket. They are, they are thinking instead of, instead of cutting themselves off, removing themselves and saying, you know what, we need to do it this way. They're trying to play catch up. If they, if, if DC said, you know what, we're going to beat Marvel at the one place that they're not winning right now. We are going to focus all of our attention right now on our animated features. Because DC's animated movies are really good. They're releasing The Killing Joke, rated R, with a top-notch voice cast. And I'm excited for it. And and while that's true, I don't want to say they're beating them at it. Because Marvel isn't... It's it's They're not concerned about Exa- it. But, which, that then this is a prime opportunity for DC to really dig it to them and say, You know what? We've got you guys beat at at least one thing. They've got to find a win. DC well, has to find a win well, no, you, well, you know where else DC is winning right now? Going back to the, the origin. They're winning in comic books right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they did, they rebooted their, their, their system again. They went, you know, they did New 52 several years ago. They rebooted, rebooted again. Marvel is all over the place. They yeah. have five Wolverine series, three Avengers, 
freaking Black Widow's got one. They're giving a Captain series. Captain America's a Nazi. Captain America is Hydra now. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're all over the place. And they're they're just killing and there's nothing worse than somebody who's a a fan of a character who's being forced to buy five different series because well why well it's five different universes come on well and that is going to be that's really going to be the downfall of marvel if they don't watch it they're at least at least they're coming well because they're they're killing the cinematic universe oh yeah but they're gonna have to keep up because they're doing so well in the cinematic universe the issue is is and i firmly believe this they are manipulating their comic books to fit casting choices in the future. Mark my words. They just made a uh, an African-American woman the new Iron Man. Thor is now a female. They are making... Look, Falcon is Captain America. They are making specific choices because they know these actors are not going to be able to portray these characters forever. So what do we need to do? We need to change it up so we can recast them and say... Oh, well, that's how the character is in the comic book. And, and I, I firmly, firmly believe it. And I hope enough people start seeing through that. That, well, oh, well, you know, well, this character is going through an evolution and a change. Tony Stark is an Iron Man. Iron Man is an ID. You know, Captain America, Batman is a symbol. And you can have to, no. It, it just, Marvel, if they don't, if they're not careful, because here's going to be the issue. Their movies are doing so well, they're going to catch up, and then they're going to start looking at their new source material and going, this is garbage. But that's the thing. They are doing... They are doing so well in the, Marvel, the the cinematic universe. They... It doesn't... They, their, their print part doesn't compare. And I yeah. hate the fact that they are doing that financially. It does make sense. But I hate the fact that now the cinematic universe, if your theory is correct is dictating what comes out in print because Marvel and DC, well, like I said, DC's doing all right, but they will quickly fall by the wayside of Dark Horse and yeah. all these other publishers where, honestly, the better stuff is coming from anyway. Yep. You know, your yeah, your the- Saga, your Walking Dead... East versus West, all the stuff that's not published by either DC or Marvel, that's where the best stuff's coming from anyway from comic books. Yeah, the indie guys. The indie guys are really... Because the indie guys understand story structure and they grew up with these characters. Well, they don't have cinematic universes to worry about. They're still engaged and dedicated to comic books. Well, think about it. What what have they done with Fantastic Four in in the Marvel comic books? Destroyed it. they, They killed them. They killed them and they canceled it. There's speculation they're going to do the same thing with X-Men. And um, it may not sound realistic, but what's to stop them? They don't own the movie property. So why not just say, okay, well, we're going to pull the remaining characters that we do own, pull them over and call them the Avengers, and then just kill the rest of the characters? I, I mean, it would be a Technically, stupid they move. already they already did it. Yeah. Dragon Decimation. Yeah. So it wouldn't be hard to do it again. Yep. So... It's just going to be very interesting to see how things go forward. And I know I know we started with Batman versus Superman, but DC can DC can resurrect itself as far as their movies are concerned if they learned from their mistakes. And Marvel did the same thing, but if Ben Affleck takes over as director of the new Batman movie and he listens to all of the negative criticisms and he says, "Okay, 
I now know how to rectify this situation. They could have a really good Batman movie. You know, they've oh, absolutely. they've already proved. Look, Christopher Nolan has proven that you can make a good Batman film. The issue is, is now that they've done that and they haven't built a cinematic universe around it, everyone is comparing the DC movies to The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Returns and Batman Begins. Look, not everything needs to be The Dark Knight. Not every movie needs to be The Dark Knight. It, it just... And it won't. It won't be. I mean, you can't... You can't compare... You, you cannot compare them to Christopher Nolan's reimagination of it. It's its own separate thing. It was great. You know, it will always go down as being its own entity. Heath Ledger's Joker will always remain his Joker. It's not better than Jack Nicholson's. It's not worse. It was a different interpretation. And it will and it will be its own classic. But, like, I, like you said, I think that seeing what Ben Affleck did with Batman, I think it's that... Because, I mean, there have been so many interpretations of Batman throughout the years. Um, so why not do it in, in the cinematic sense? It's yeah. okay. That's fine. Because Lord knows Michael Keaton's Batman was not Val Kilmer's Batman <laughs> or George Clooney's. And those were all supposed to be... Well, no, it weren't. <laughs> those are grouped together yeah. because they... But they weren't. It was literally Tim Burton... And then Joel Schumacher, yeah, and and those those differences were obvious. So everybody has their own take, and we all know what the good ones were and what the bad ones were. Yeah, just like a good death of Superman is him literally having a punch face contest with Doomsday until mm-hmm. Superman dies. This is the comic. Books. Whoops, um, he didn't die. Bad death of Superman is the president of the United States saying. Hit him with a nuke. Nuke him, boys. When they fired a nuclear warhead at Superman, I audibly, you were with me, mm-hmm. audibly laughed out loud <laughs> very hard to the point where other people in the theater started laughing as well. Because it was, I, it really, your one hope. At fixing and solving this situation, you're going to aim and fire a nuke at it. It's so damn cliche. I mean, it, it, that's all we can do as a human race. It's our ace in the hole. That's it. Fire everything. Fire a nuke. That's all we have. And when it fails, that's it. So... The idea of firing a nuke at somebody who is essentially a god to us. Who is the symbol of this country. <laughs> it, just, it just happened. You went, no. Did they really put this cliche film trope of firing a nuke as a last resort in, in this movie? They, Are you kidding me? That's essentially like someone saying, all right, gentlemen, our only alternative is to curb stomp Uncle Sam. Like I'd honestly is. rather have Liam Neeson going, release the Kraken. Yes. Because yes. then I'd have been like, oh, they got Krakens in here. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, he find a Kraken. This is a little bit of a twist. He find some Cracklins. U.S. got a Kraken. Um, U.S. got a Kraken. Oh, U.S. got a Kraken. Oh. Um, Where'd Liam Neeson come from? Yeah. 
So they fire a nuke at Superman, and then the entire last part of the movie, you're going, he's not dead, 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 hurry up, he's not dead, he's not dead, and we're done. He's not dead. I mean, it was them at his grave. It was the funeral. I swear he's not dead. Oh, my God. It was just... You're going. You're sitting and you're going, huh? Because there was no emotional investment. They no. killed Superman, and you would think kids in the audience would be crying. Civil War. If you haven't seen Civil War, spoiler alert, because this deserves a spoiler alert. Civil War, penultimate fight. They're going at each other. That entire fight, you are holding on to somebody because you're going, somebody's going to kill somebody. Somebody's going to kill somebody. When Cap grabs the arc reactor in Tony's chest, you're, oh, no, or was it uh, Winter Soldier? Yeah, Winter, Soldier Winter Soldier. Dude. You're going, oh man, oh man. When Cap picks up his shield, when Tony's on the ground, and he goes to slam it down, you're like, this is it. Cap is going to kill Tony. It doesn't happen. It, but the believability that it could is what makes those movies magical. The, the main climax, when, you, when, when Tony finds out, what Bucky had the, done. Oh my God. I, I, I remember f- feeling like, like th- that feeling of real loss. I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen, but this is, this is, this is not going to end well. Like this is not going to have a happy ending. And I was legitimately sad because I knew that this movie would not have a happy ending. It got to a, it got to that point where there was some rectification. That, okay. Maybe there's some common ground. The look that Tony Stark gives cap, cap oh when like gosh. come on man robert like, downey you, jr look yeah he, he sold that he it was like did you know you yeah. just just like it was kind of that look of oh my god you know you know like you knew well not only that but it's like that was i'm my, not coming back for like you like you know what's gonna happen he ki- now he killed my mom yeah he killed my mom that just those moments you're just like that's and that's what was great about that movie because you didn't know whose side to be on. You're watching Civil War going, I kind of agree with Cap. Well, Cap's kind of being stubborn until that moment. Until you, you, that you had moment. your side until that moment. Until you that moment. Oh damn! Oh Cap, come I mean, on! Yeah, like, like give him this one. Like come sorry, on. Bucky's my friend. At some point, look, you can have a friend, but if your friend is continuously getting drunk. And you gotta like bail him out of jail. Look, that okay, that that's understandable. You gotta go halfway across the country and be like, hey, Bucky, man, you did you kill somebody? Nah, man, I didn't do it. Well, your track record, you know who Bucky is? You know those commercials where that guy is just like, I'm never gonna get older, and then he gets older, and then he's just like, I'm never gonna get married, and then he gets married. That's the winter soldier. I'm not gonna kill anybody. And he ends up killing somebody. I mean, it's not his fault. It, it's it's not, but it's also not my fault when I get a little bit inebriated and then I wake up and no, I'm like, that is, oh, no. who's who bought this Canes? I was brainwashed, man. Freight train. Tr- tr- train car. No. Computer blue. Darling pinky. Somebody's just going to like be in their car, just slam on the brakes and go, I must kill <laughs> Lennon. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I... Not no 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 not John Lennon the Beatle. I'm talking about like the dictator. No oh no I know no I know either one. Yeah, it would I mean, be wrong. Well, <laughs> murder's wrong. If you're listening to this podcast, Mur- murder is wrong. Murder is wrong. In 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 any 
sense. Yes. We're not advocating. And illegal, and I believe. In, uh, we're also not advocating brainwashing people yes. into committing please, assassinations. Please do not nuke your friends. If you have a friend. If you don't. If you, it's not a last resort, people. It, it, if you're making a film, at no point should you nuke anybody. Because it, it's not going to work. And that's why we're going to talk about X-Men Apocalypse the next time we come back to this podcast. I still need to watch it. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to uh that's to catch that. Yeah, that is so that I'll I'll be informed. That is your next uh your next assignment, but that about wraps it up for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Before we go, I just want to say very quickly um a big thank you to Parker. I'm not going to say his last name uh because of identification reasons, but um I started a Kickstarter uh, to kick this podcast off, mm-hmm. that ultimately uh, did not go as planned. I uh, was going through some life changes career-wise, was moving into a house, so really wasn't able to follow up on it. But Parker actually went out of his way to donate to this endeavor uh, to make sure that this happened. So I was able to actually get a capture card so that I could start streaming. So I'm going to be streaming some video games uh, along with the cohorts. So I just wanted to take this time very briefly to say thank you. Big thanks to Parker then. Yeah, a big thank you to Parker and to anyone else out there uh, that's been enjoying these. Uh, we've got a Patreon uh, up going on right now. Uh, if you are really liking these and this is something you'd like to see continue, uh, I believe Patreon, you can, you know, a dollar a month, I think you could donate to. It's just basically a, sub- a subscription service. Mm-hmm. It helps us. We have full-time jobs, but... This is something that we're really passionate about. We actually just bought a whole bunch of new equipment, which we're hoping is coming through on your end. But uh, this is something that we want to continue to do. So any any help that you guys can provide, we very much appreciate it. We're enjoying doing this. I know we've only done a couple so far, but yeah, yeah. we've gotten a, lot of good, gotten a lot of good feedback. Good feedback. And, you know, hopefully it only, it, it only goes up from there. Absolutely. Hopefully it starts spreading and we get – like I said, you've heard from strangers. Yeah, absolutely. People, strangers. I mean, because obviously we get good feedback from yeah. friends and family, but – You've heard from complete strangers uh, that they're enjoying it, so that's that's great. So, so if I could leave you with something, it's talk to strangers. They have nothing but nice things to say. And candy. <laughs> and candy. That about wraps it up for Real Talk, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Alex Lobot with producer Seth. Let's go. Hey, night, folks.